do you even want to be at this place or is this just a job for you? And if it's just a job, that's fine, but you're probably going to want a new one relatively quickly. This is the Happen to Your Career podcast with Scott Anthony Barlow. We help you stop doing work that doesn't fit you, figure out what does, and make it happen. We help you define the work that is unapologetically you and then go get it. If you feel like you were meant for more and you're ready to make a change, keep listening. Here's Scott. Here's Scott. Here's Scott. When you're making a career transition, how will you recognize what is actually a great fit for you? We get many questions from happeners all over the world, which we love, but I've never actually had anyone ask me that question. And in many ways, it is the question. The simple answer is, well, unless you've done some certain work, you probably won't. We've had so many clients that have had the same story over and over again. They take many months to define what they want. They experiment to validate that that's actually what they want in the real world. And then miraculously, it seems to appear out of nowhere. Here's what actually happens. The opportunities were there the whole time. But if you don't know what to look for, the same opportunity that might already be there just passes you by two ships in the night and you never realize that it was so close to you. I needed the initial like boost forward in just starting career change. It wasn't the technical aspects. It was the what do you want aspects of it and the deeper level of understanding what that was. I think everyone has the short list of I need to make this amount of money. I want a 401k. I need these benefits. Cool. That's really low level stuff. What do you want? That's Paul Stockoff. Paul is a product and furniture designer, which is as cool of a career as it sounds like. But that doesn't mean every furniture design job is a great one. In fact, Paul had a previous job where he knew day one that he didn't want to stay. But he stuck with it because he felt like he would be bailing if he left too soon. And he thought he could figure out a way to make it better. Spoiler alert, it didn't get any better. Now, if we fast forward to the end of Paul's career change story, you would see that his friend reached out to him and that resulted in a job offer that was the perfect fit. Woohoo! But it's nowhere near as simple as it sounds. When Paul knew his job was not working out, he began doing all the things, updating his resume, reaching out to his network, applying to jobs, all the things that he thought he had to do to find a job, but nothing worked. So he decided to set a deadline for himself. If he didn't have a new job by the beginning of the year, he would reach out for help. And that's where we got to meet him because when the beginning of January came and went with no great job prospects in sight, he reached out to us. Working alongside a coach, Paul was able to define the type of team and people that he wanted to work with, with the types of problems he wanted to solve, and even how he wanted to use his strengths. He took the time to really think about what he needed and wanted in this next iteration of his career. And when that friend reached out and he learned about the role, he recognized it as the phenomenal fit that it was. So let's go back to that question. Get that question in mind again. That question being, how will you recognize what is actually a great fit for you? Here's my conversation with Paul. I want you to hear exactly how he made it possible to recognize his fit when it came along. I have a background in architecture. I went to architecture school. 
always kind of knew I wanted to be in the related field of it. But very early in my graduate program, I knew I didn't want to be an architect. It's a cool process. I had mad respect for everyone who is a licensed architect, but it's just never what I wanted to do. Um, I always loved the physical building of things and really the detailing of that. And that set me on this really amazing path of getting to figure out all the details of everything and not the huge concepts at a building scale. So mm -hmm. I ended up narrowing down to kind of furniture and all the interior pieces of a building. So down to the exact bolt that we're going to use, that's the stuff I'm choosing and picking. So that was, I kind of always floated in architecture and next to it and allowed me to understand it and had to kind of figure out where I could go with that. And about that time, the job I had always wanted post-grad school, they had opened up a facility in Colorado. I was like, perfect. Everything is aligned. The place I always wanted to go, which they were back east, is to open this Colorado facility. I get to use my full education. They do the coolest, weirdest stuff. This is exactly what I want. Applied, um, got a job, and that was first day. I was like, I've made a terrible decision. Like, <laughs> remember just going, they've presented well, and this is not where I want to be. Maybe it's a bad first day. Maybe they're just really swamped and gave like a thousand. Oh, well, it could be this. It could be that. Like gave too much benefit of doubt. And I think it was in that point, people were always like, how long do you think you'll be at this place? And I, I going in, I was like, oh, I want to be there at least five years and then by like the end of the month it was like one year like how fast can i get out of this there was just like i had the traditional hr on hr onboarding which was fine made sense but then it was just like i didn't have any jobs lined up there was no here's who your lead is and i remember sitting in my office for about three hours by myself and i was just like i don't even know who to go to to ask like how like what do i do like you've hired me, but like, what project am I on? And the person who had met with me was in meetings all day was very clearly, I was not a priority in for where that company has ended up, not a surprise. And just, there was no, everyone stayed in their office. It was like, no one was excited that there was a new person and come to find out that company had kind of purchased or kind of consumed an old company that had gone bankrupt and that had not been made extremely clear. And it was like, oh, you're one of the new people. We used to do it this way. You use this other software. We don't like that. That's <laughs> what the New Hampshire group does. And I was just like, you're not from oh, around here, are you? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, oh God. Okay. And <laughs> it was just like, okay, I can navigate that, but it was just, Clearly, like it didn't yeah. matter. You could have been a rock star. You could have just been anyone. And it just, no one was going to be happy. And like most things started with, this is a problem, not how are we going to solve it? So that's interesting. What I'm hearing from you is that this was not just an organizational misfit and a cultural misfit compared to what you were looking for and probably what many people are looking for. 
But also on top of that, it sounded like there was a very clear values difference. I just heard you mention, you know, when, when people are coming to the meetings, we're talking about what are the problems as opposed to here's the, here's the problems. How are we going to solve them? And just in understanding more about what you're looking for, that seems to be the polar opposite of the way you value interacting. Totally. And as I kind of got through the first week, I'd realized I'd interviewed mostly with the East coast team, not the group out in Colorado, which had kind of been this consumed company. And back East, they were about solving problems. They were this really tight-knit group family of people. That was just not the case in the Colorado facility. Mm. And it became very clear that there was kind of this East Coast, West Coast situation. And I had oddly ended up being someone in the West Coast office that aligned with the East Coast team, which was not helpful and made me stick out like a sore thumb. So this was going on. It was just, it was starting to be like, all right, this is happening. I don't know what I want to do. And it started just kind of questioning everything of like, do I even want to be in this industry? Do I like this? This just seems rough. Everyone's fighting. Like there's fighting within this group. There's fighting within the construction industry. It's always this finger pointing game. And that was kind of the start of, okay, I have this background. I like my background. I feel like one of the things I love doing is just problem solving. I'm like, cool. I kind of know this. And then it became the search of like, well, where can I problem solve? Everyone needs that. And then it was just the like, write resumes, apply jobs, search everything. And it was this weird feeling of like, I want to do good work. I want to benefit like solve problems for people and i just want to do a good job i felt like i was in this position of i just want like i'll do anything and it, i think that's when that was probably in hindsight when i was just like you're it wasn't it was this it was just being kind of desperate and it was so unfocused that i think i don't know if that had just come across but it was also as working with this group of like I didn't know what my strengths were yet. All I could say is I'm great at problems. Great. Everyone else is listening. <laughs> You're not going to come across as unique and kind of going through this process and work is just, I'm just taking a beating and it's the Sunday scaries. It's you don't want to go to work on Monday. And luckily I have a partner who loves her job. And it was just like polar opposite of where I was. But I knew that these places existed, which was this like hopeful thing of just, okay, I know people actually like going to work and I've had jobs that I was fine with, but I could see her really loving her job. And there was this situation where I was talking with someone and we had come up with this kind of ridiculous, we had our own scale of how we would rank jobs. And one was where we were. And then 10 was like perfect. And we would rank all these job listings and stuff. And like, we were seeing a whole bunch of fives and we we're just like, God, there's not finding it. And this is going on and we're getting closer to like November's kind of been here. I've been there a year. I'm going, this is really not going well. And to the point of just, I was blowing out my health. I was not showing up as a good person because I was just consumed with like, I need to get out of this work sucks, which just, it was painful. 
no matter what I would do, it was just never going to be enough. And on top of it, it was just, there was a culture of work weekends, work late, all the stereotypical bad things about an office life that you hear people struggle with. And I was stuck in it too. And I was stuck setting a boundary with it and slowly started taking some of those steps of like, I did my hours. That's the best I can do. This is not creeping into my weekend. And at that point, I had had a couple interviews, but just complete low ball offers of like, yeah, I can go back to where I started and like drop health insurance and all this stuff. And like, maybe worth it from a mental health standpoint, but I'm going to just be starting the search all over again. And at that point, I got really frustrated one day at work. And I was just like, if I'm going to have my time wasted and just made to feel really terrible, I'm at least, least I'm going to figure out how to get out of this. And I remember literally searching job change podcast on my phone. And it was like in the Spotify app and this, that's how I found you guys started listening to it. And I was like, okay, that seems reasonable. That person sounded happy. And it, I think it was probably one of the other interviews with someone. It's like, that seems reasonable next day, listen to a little bit more and kind of start this like Monday morning routine of, I know the new episode will drop and I'll listen to it. And it was just like, it started getting my brain to like unstick and be like, well, did you think about this? Or did you think about that? And I think that was this really slow on-ramp for me to be like, oh, there's a different way of doing this. And it was all stuff that had never been presented before. And coming from this architecture background, there's this really clear path. And I wasn't following that path. I wasn't in a firm. And also, no one really goes over career stuff at any point. And I was realizing I had to go like learn this. The advice from others was either a generation old or I was with a bunch of architects that were on their kind of their own path because that was kind of my tribe or people that were just doing completely different things and they had their own system of getting jobs. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you realize at some place, well, you realize day one that this is not going to be the right fit. As you started realizing that there might be a different way to do career change or a different way to find and identify work that's more meaningful to you, what caused you to feel like you could start to move forward in a way that was, let's call it, less desperate? I think what started that was once I actually got into coaching, Hmm. because it was, I hit this point of, I was applying to jobs. I had gotten a couple of interviews and there was also the send applications in and you wouldn't hear anything for three months. And it was always this game of you would look at the institution or the company and they'd be like, sometimes it just, that's how long they take. And I was kind of running out the clock on some of those, but I think what it was, was just the desperation stopped with when it, we started having the conversations of it's going to get worse if you just bail and you're going to put on this other stress of unknown and you don't know what you want. And it was that kind of clear statement of like, so you're just redoing it again. Mm -hmm. Like you're not improving the situation. And luckily where I was, was 
it was providing a comfortable enough financial position that was just like, so you're going to give that up to be less stressed, which like reasonable, but you're going to do it at a huge financial cost. Do you want to put that burden on top of this situation? Because you at least know what you have right now. You know, you don't want it, Mm -hmm. but you know what it is and start getting that under control. Get that into, this is how many hours you're contractually obligated to work. Do that and stop. And it was starting to rein some of that in. I would say that was one of the harder points of just getting it to kind of calm down. And I, when I first started working with Ben, it caught me off guard. He was just like, your job this weekend is to do nothing. Just don't do anything. Just actually take a weekend off. Don't think about this. Don't think about work. Just settle. And that that was really hard because it was just, there was that push of, well, if I work through it this weekend, I can figure it out and I'll get out of this position. And traditionally, I was really used to just slam the gas and go. And I had to learn not to do that and just like back off. So there were multiple weekends of, what did you do this week? Well, no, you weren't <laughs> supposed to do that. You were supposed to be off. And then that started opening up a lot more of the mental space of being able to define what I wanted. So this is this is really interesting and a little bit of context behind the scenes. The reason that we might do something like that with, with our clients is because we find that, especially like in, in your case, Paul, uh, what had worked for you in the past and part of what had made you successful in the past had to sort of be unlearned in some ways so that you could begin changing behavior now that you had a different set of goals. And that's part of exactly what was going on here. So even though, I mean, I mean, it sounds, it sounds unreasonable and illogical, but we're, you know, humans are not logical beings that like, Hey, I, I'm really like, I'm going to decide to do nothing over the weekend and I literally can't do it in some ways. That is, It doesn't make any sense, but that's what we have a tendency to do as, as human beings. So here's a question for you on that. Going through that, what did you, what did you see when you started to do more of that, started to focus elsewhere beyond just like solving the problem, which is something you do very, very well and love to do. What did that, what did that do for you? What did that not do for you? What, what came from that? I think the big thing was it got the current job to be, uh, it got put in its box of like, that's work that can live there. I did my hours. Great. Done. So that's gave me a lot of working. It started to give some working space. Yeah. I think then it started becoming a lot of other balance in just a lot of other places in life of just having time to do all the other little life stuff. And also have fun. And like that was this thing that had gotten cut really early. I had to realize. Let's cut just out like, the fun. Cut out the fun. In hindsight, I was just like, of course I did that. Because it was just this like sure. push through it. That's the first thing that you can cut is having those fun moments in life. And they were the thing I was really needing to kind of navigate some of this. So that just started this whole reworking of an evaluation of everything of like, Oh, I let's look at everything here. So like it was career stuff. It was how I would engage 
with others? Was there stuff I needed to look at personally? And it was, it was a dive for a minute of just like, we're just going to pull everything out and just look at everything and really see. And that started this, like, how did I even get into this design architecture field? Is this really what I want? Did we like these choices? And there's a moment of time I was like, oh, I'm 18 again. I felt like I had just come out of high school and everyone's like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And it's like, I don't know. But it was not scary anymore. It was like, oh, I have a decision and I get to drive it now. And that became really, that started to become exciting. And I also knew my current position was going to come to an end. It wasn't like, oh, when is it going to end? I just knew it was going to end and I could live with that. But I know there's progress. Hmm. And I was also putting, I had dedicated time to solve it. It was the new priority in life. And I think that was one of the very helpful things with coaching was here is dedicated time. Every week I got to do this. Like I'm showing up for this. It's on my schedule. And I know even if it's a gnarly week, there was an hour dedicated to it. And that like when it was a rough week, I at least knew I had a conversation or, Hey, I'm getting ready. I I could leverage the, I want to show up and show that I did stuff. And it would be the, Hey, I need to be ready to have this conversation this afternoon. Did I do what I needed? And I think that was the biggest thing for me was just having consistent progress. I think everyone goes, Oh, you have to have these cover letters and you need resume. I was okay with that kind of stuff. I needed the initial like boost forward in just starting career change. It wasn't the technical aspects. It was the, what do you want aspects of it and the deeper level of understanding what that was. I think everyone has the short list of like, I need to make this amount of money. I want a 401k. I need these benefits. Cool. That's really low level stuff. What do you want? And I think that, weekly conversation was super helpful to get me to actually define that. And I think at one point, Ben literally was just like, what do you want to do? And I was just like, oh, I don't know. And then it started to be that conversation and working through that. And that was helpful with getting to work with you guys. Well, I I appreciate those words. And also, I think that it's, it's fun to see I know you talked about the progression and you know what keeps you moving forward earlier, but I think that's really fun. That's one of the most fun things for me is to be able to see other people apply this stuff. And you've done a really nice job. And what I'm also curious about is when you look back on this particular career change, what do you feel like were the hardest parts or most surprising parts to you? I think the... Hardest parts were the moments of just kind of sit tight and get comfortable with it and that it was just going to take longer than I wanted. There was a pretty, I wanted out. And I think really finally just letting that go, like it will get solved. It's going to take a sec. I think that was also just me relining a perspective back to normal of like things aren't instantaneous. And I was in an environment of everything needed to be instantaneous. Um, I think the surprising thing was just, it wasn't, well, 
the goal was career change. It was also just like self-growth that I wasn't expecting along the way of just, it became this opportunity as an overall clearinghouse of just like, let's fix Paul's life. Let's make this better everywhere. <laughs> how, how did it, I'm curious. So that is a thing that happened. That's actually one of my other favorite things that occurs from this. Even years later, I'll get so many you know, emails and texts and stuff from people that have gone through this type of change and then are applying it to all areas of their life in one way or another. But when you say that, how did that show up for you? I think it was kind of looking at, it was this evaluation of like where I was really focused on like this career change and like, hey, these things don't feel good. What else doesn't feel good in my life and I haven't dealt with? It was dealing with a death in the family that I hadn't resolved. It yeah. was, how do I be a better partner? How do I show up and do a better job there? How do I take care of myself better and constrain work to a normal work week and not let it bleed in? And I thought, I think this was the other big surprise. I'm used to going, we're going to solve this thing really aggressively once. And that is not how this worked at all. It was, okay, we're going to make a little progress over here. Then we'll make a little progress over here. And it was much more the snowballing of a lot of little things getting fixed that eventually led to like, oh yeah, I have a new job now. Great. And that was a surprise. Um, I think the other thing was getting comfortable asking for help. That was, I really didn't want to send the initial email of like, I'm interested in getting career coaching. That felt like a failure to ask. I was like, I should be able to do this. And I think starting with career coaching was just like, oh, that was okay to ask for help. That was a reasonable thing to do. When you think back, what what made you feel like it was not okay that you didn't that you, that you couldn't do this or other things on your own? I think it was the perspective of I felt like I had enough experience and enough education in some places that I should be. To me, it was just another problem that could be solved. Yeah, and. Therefore, I should be able to do it. And we kind of talked about, I used to solve it by just throwing effort at it. And I was throwing effort and just burning myself out. And it was like, it was the first time where I was really just running into a wall hard. And I couldn't, I wasn't getting around it. And I think previously, I was just going through it just through effort. And it was just this total evaluation of like, how do I, oh, I got to learn because this isn't working everywhere. Everything is not working. And that took a sec to kind of give myself the okay to do it differently. And it was this big evaluation of like, oh, I got to figure this out. And that was, that was scary. I had taken a system that kind of worked for 10 years and go, I got to overhaul this. And that, that was uncomfortable. Hmm. And also realizing probably the system I had previously was not a good system. <laughs> but I mean, there was a point in time where it served you to some degree, whether it was good or not. Like it, it definitely served you for a time period. It was functional. Yeah. It was functional that, at least. <laughs> yeah. And I think that was this kind of weird spot of like, oh, this worked. It got me here. I'm not happy with where I am. And it was this like, almost like scrape it, like just scrape everything and start over. 
And that was, then I think that's when I started getting a little uncomfortable with it. Cause it was just like, Oh, this is a pretty heavy reset. And I got to start from zero and come back up. But I think once I got comfortable with that, I was just like, Oh, this is good. This is positive. This like, I get a lot more choice now and I get a second round of this. And it was the exciting version of being 18. And what do you want to go do? I was like, oh, I have 10 years of doing this incorrectly. And I have experience now to make this choice. This is great. Like I have skills. I have valuable things. I have all this other stuff. I start to know who I am through my strengths. This is great. And it started to finally become this really positive thing, not this just this utter teardown and negative thing. It's like, cool, that was a chapter of my life. Go do the thing I really want now. And that was that was great. Let's kind of pull back here for a second and run me through kind of the bullet point version of what led up to you accepting this offer. So kind of run quickly through the career change process in terms of where you had decided, okay, I have some level of idea of what I'm looking for. And then how did that lead to accepted offer for this particular organization? So the deal with this one was I ended up actually getting a message from someone who I had worked with previously. And I was like, yeah, interesting. The group seems great. And I was still kind of hesitant of like, is do I really want to stay in this industry? But also like, maybe I just need a good group to yeah. work for and kind of made the decision to go up and have an interview. And I kind of framed it as the worst thing I do is I have a weekend up in Montana. That's the worst thing that happens. Flew up, had a great time. It was also the group had, I never sent a resume, never sent a cover letter. They had found all of that stuff on their own, which was cool. Gone up, had a conversation, kind of the locations were a little bit of an issue and worked out the details of that. And then went up for three weeks as an onboarding, or sorry, skipped a step. Kind of finalized negotiations of the low level, like here's money, here's benefits stuff. Did you get what uh, you when, wanted out of out of this? Like when you think about total compensation and yeah, beyond just the normal stuff, did you feel like you get got what you wanted when you came out of it? Yes. And I also felt like I knew where I could flex on stuff and where I couldn't. Yeah. And just was it was nice to be able to have a frank conversation and be like, this is the number, take it or leave it. And not in this aggressive, but it's just like, this is the number that makes this work for me. If you can't do it, I would love to work for you guys, but now's not the time. And I think that took away the, like the desperation wasn't there. It wasn't like, Oh, I'll drop 10 grand. It's like, that's the number I need to make my life work and be functional. Like why should I give on my personal life? To make this deal work. It's not a great fit. Like it, it becomes yeah. from, Hey, this is an amazing fit to a realm of, Hey, this is no longer a fit. And yeah, that's awesome. So and then, I think, Oh, go ahead. I think that was just really important going in and just going, what's the load, what's the bottom end of this and not, and just knowing it ahead of time and being confident in that number. Um, went through that negotiation. It was when I met everyone, I was like, oh, this is 
this is the tribe. This is the group that I've been looking for for a long time. How did you know that this was the group? Was that because of some of the work that you had done previously to define that? Was it because of something else? Clearly you knew what caused you to know. Everyone was super low key. Everyone was super mellow. Everyone was excited. There was also just a ton of common interest of like, and I think that that was helpful of just, I knew there would be conversations about other things besides work. And you would be excited about other people's lives outside of work and just like the dorky stuff I would be excited about. They were also excited about yeah. and it like, it was important to them too. And I was just like, Oh, I've just been looking in the wrong place. This group does exist. And that was great. They also had a clear mission of what they wanted and what they were trying to do. And they could, or they could articulate that. It wasn't just like, Oh yeah, we're, we're trying to grow. It was, we're doing it this way. This is what we want to do. This is where we think you might fit. Do you think that's something you're interested in? Do you see something different? I think then being able to say what they want made it automatically way better. Because mm, interesting, they weren't guessing what they wanted. Yeah. And now it gives me the spot of like, hey, this is what was kind of presented. I like that. How are we doing it? Or, hey, this was the goal that was set. I think we can go about it this way. Very cool. Your original message from a friend, was that an introduction to the company? Was that a, hey, you should really check this organization out? Or how did, how did that message come about? I think it was along the lines of, hey, I think we're needing and we're hiring for this position. I think you would be a good fit. Do you want to know more about it? And I was like, yep. Like, I am interested in changing jobs. How many other places did you interview or interact with in total? Because I know you only you only accepted one, but how many roughly did you, um, January, you had? Yeah, I think I had interviewed with three, had received two offers out of there. Then I think I had applied to like 25, 30 jobs. And I think like the thing that I thought was hilarious was like there are jobs I had applied to in March yeah. and like was hearing back finally after I had accepted the new job of just like that system was so slow. Yeah. So I don't know how those people actually hire people in a system that slow, but it's challenging. It yeah. is. It is challenging. What, what advice would you give people in that position? Um, it, it's okay to start over and it's okay to ask for help. And there's a group of people out there that are like dedicated to this kind of stuff. Like you would hire a plumber to fix the plumbing in your house. Why would you not hire a professional to help kind of navigate some of this? And I think this realm is always kind of looked at as like, I think early on people don't have a full understanding of the depth that it takes. It's, I think that's the difference between a job and a career is I think a lot of people kind of understand what a job is. It's the thing you show up and it's that low level expectation stuff of you get paid. Here's the role, but not the career of like, Hey, I need to work in my strengths. I really want this great team. I need this kind of flexibility to be really successful. And you need, you need some guidance to figure that out. And 
reading a like top five, here's the thing to boost your career is not going to solve it. And it's going to take time. Hey, if you love this story where we talk through and walk you through step-by-step how someone got to more meaningful work, then you'll absolutely love our audiobook, Happen to Your Career, An Unconventional Approach to Career Change and Meaningful Work. I even got to narrate it, which was so fun and something that I really enjoy doing and will definitely do for future books as well. But it also contains firsthand accounts from career changers on how they made the move to more meaningful work just like we include on the podcast here. And actually, it's been called the best audiobook experience ever by some reviewers. <laughs> you can find those reviews and the book itself on Audible, Amazon, or any other place where books are sold. Seriously, just pause this right now and go over to Amazon or Audible or wherever you want and download it. You can be reading it and start it on your career change in literally seconds. Now, here's a sneak peek into what's coming up next week, right here on Happen to Your Career. I just noticed it really wasn't playing to my strengths. It was taking up a lot of mental energy because I was having to readjust actually some of my baseline values to a certain extent, and it was exhausting. One of the things that we've noticed behind the scenes here at HTYC is that so many people go through this same cycle again and again. They try a bunch of traditional job search methods, and then they get a role, then they don't see lasting results. Usually they start out really excited about their new role, and then at some point start realizing that something's off. Sometimes the role or company doesn't match their values. Sometimes the role doesn't match their strengths. There's a billion different things that they realize that they haven't considered when they get into that new role. All that and plenty more next week right here on Happen to Your Career. Make sure that you don't miss it. And if you haven't already, click subscribe on your podcast player so that you can download this podcast in your sleep and you get it automatically. Even the bonus episodes every single week, sometimes multiple times a week. Until next week, adios. I'm out.